Hey guys, it's Yvonne and Kiruka here. We are back with another episode of the New Growth Podcast. I'm so excited to continue our conversation about love. Before we dive in, I just wanted to check in with you and see how you're doing. Are you breathing? Are you sleeping? Are you eating? And this might sound weird, but are you seeing yourself? Are you seeing who you are? Are you loving yourself? Are you allowing yourself to be loved? Are you loving other people? Are you loving God? I hope you take a moment to check in with yourself, to pause, reflect. I hope you're taking care of yourself because your life matters. Okay. So I just wanted to share a little bit about what's been happening in my world. So does anybody feel like during this time of the year, it always feels like final season? And I remember when I was in college, I used to hate final season because it was so intense. There was always loads of work to be done. I was a sociology major. So I remember writing like hundreds of pages in college during finals. And it just was this high intense period of time that I always like just despise. But every year around this time, though I'm not in school, I always feel like a similar feeling. And the last two weeks have been pretty busy because there is this opportunity in all transparency that I really, really want. And I feel like a lot of feelings around it. Like I feel so excited, but I also feel nervous. I'm also like, oh, what if I what if I do all this work and I don't get it? You know, how will I respond? I think I'll be very sad. Right. And so sometimes I find myself like self-sabotaging when there's something I really want. Rather than moving close to it and rather than like putting my best foot forward, I feel like somehow I try to try to like, I don't know, I either I procrastinate or I allow fear to, you know, keep me from doing what I need to do. And I feel like that's so relatable to other areas. Like the thing you really want, you find a way to avoid it. And I am determined not to do that this time. I'm determined to position myself to succeed and and I'm believing that this opportunity will be opened up to me. And yeah, so I will I'm excited to share what it is and in the new year. Uh so that that's what's been going on in my world and let me just say this. The days may change, but the goal remains the same. And the goal for me is always to love. And I feel like I've been in the classroom of love for a while now, just exploring like how to love myself, how to love God, and how to love other people. And yeah, so that has looked, that has been such a amazing classroom to be in. And this week, 
our guest lecturer is Fatima Doso. She's going to be talking about friendship. And I really wanted to spend the next few weeks talking about what it means to be a good friend. How to be a loving friend. I feel like friendship is a lost art. And so I wanted to explore it. I'm excited for you to listen to this episode. I do hope that you share it with your friend, that you like this podcast. Leave us a review because those reviews take this podcast to spaces that I could never. So with that said, let's dive in. Hey guys, it is so good to be back. This week, we are growing in love with none other than Miss Fatima Doso. She is a Brooklyn native, a storyteller, an entrepreneur, and most of all, a lover. She's also my dear friend, and we're going to talk about how we know each other later. But please welcome to the show, Fatima. How are you doing? Hi, everyone and new growth listeners. Thank you so much, Yvonne, for having me. I am excited. I was like, for once, wow, I've been asked to to uh, to be a part of the new growth experience. I'm so excited. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay, Fatima, tell the world who you are. Mm, who is Fatima Doso? Well, Fatima Doso is a queen, baby. Fatima Dosa is a queen, okay? Period. <laughs> um, straight from the streets of Brooklyn, I am a native Brooklynite. I am of Caribbean descent, all my Haitians. What's really going on? Um, I am, actually, I'm also a part of Haitian and Ivorian descent. My biological father is from the Ivory Coast, West Africa. I can't wait to visit someday, but... Fatima Doso, in her own words, would say, wow, I'm really talking about myself in a third person. That's hilarious. Um, Fatima Doso is a friend. Fatima Doso is a dreamer, a creative, um, a flourisher, and um, a storyteller. Um, I am also, in my professional work, a strategist. Um, and I'm a servant leader at my church, um, and I'm a legacy builder. Let's talk about your hair. How is your hair doing? Hmm. I would say that my hair is, is growing. It's growing. We did hit a stint. Listen, them lies that them folks told you about oil, you know, using oils, all different types of oils to moisturize their hair. It's a lie. It's a lie. And I think that I finally just stopped listening to what the the mass have said about what works for your hair. It really did my own educational work. Um, so now I, I use a product line that I really love, that my hair really loves. And I do my trims. Your trims need to be done regularly. I do my trims regularly. And I've seen, I've seen the, the, the fruit of it. So it is currently in waist length braids right now, which I love. I love that I found a, a braider that I am committed to now. She's out in Harlem, but nevertheless, I will make that trip. 
and I can't wait to see my growth in in about three weeks when I take this out. It's so interesting. As you were speaking and talking about your hair, I thought about how what works for somebody else's hair may not necessarily work for your hair. And you have to pay attention to what your hair needs, right? And like cater to it. Let me cater to you. No, no. <laughs> you have to like cater to it, right? And isn't that, that's why I, I really love talking about hair because it's so much connected to our life journey, right? What works for somebody else may not necessarily work for you. Now, there are some healthy principles that we can all apply, but you really have to investigate and determine who you are and make certain adjustments according to what you need, not necessarily what everybody needs. So I think that that was so interesting. Absolutely. Yeah. I think for me, it's really a part of, and this is probably what you were hinting towards, is really a part of your self-care, self-love journey because it's like literally there are oils that do not work for your hair at all. Coconut oil does not work for me, but other people rave about it. Coconut oil dries up my skin. So I've, I've opted to use grapeseed oil and much lighter oils that work. My hair absorbs it beautifully. And so I, I think that that is the beauty of hair in which, you know, I, you know, I've always been, um, a cheerleader about the name and the whole concept of your podcast, Yvonne. And I think, yeah, you know, there are folks who can do trims twice a year, but I found that doing trims regularly, like every six to eight weeks work the best for me. That's where I see the most growth. And yeah. Nice. And it just sounds like you have a positive attitude towards your hair. So, you know what I will say about you, Fatima is, your ability to rock any hairstyle is phenomenal. Like I have seen you with a lace front. I have seen you with weaves. I have seen you with braids. I've seen you with short hair, natural hair, a wrap. And isn't that what we call like just black girl magic? Like the ability to just change it up at any given time? Absolutely. It is what you call Indeed, the Black girl experience. I love it. Fatima, this season we are talking about growing in love. So how have you been growing in love in this moment in your life? Mm. Oh, boy. I have been growing in love. by starting with me starting with starting with honesty looking at the woman in the mirror and saying what are some destructive habits that you're still engaging in that is hindering your growth professionally and personally yeah sure you've been through some trauma You've been through some hard life experiences, but there's a reason why you're not six feet under. And you're either going to move forward 
with the knowledge of the past so it can propel you forward or you're just going to live and live a stagnant life. And so part of this year, part of growing in love has been really intentional and being honest with myself about the type of life that I want to live and how I want to show up in the world with the people who love me and the people who hate me or don't mean me don't don't mean me any good um yeah growing you don't get any prizes for loving people who love you back mm. the real the real come up the real win is loving people who mishandle you loving people who who talk behind your back loving people who just really meant you absolute harm. What does it look like? We talk so much about, for those who identify as a Christian, we talk so much about the Joseph story and how his story is like the ultimate come up. And there are many of us whose stories resemble Joseph. And I always thought like, man, I really wish the Bible would have talked more about how did Joseph interact or engage with his family members, you know, after all the years, right? And now he's the king and he's now providing for them. And how did he interact? Like, what was his, you know, I they, they did talk about how they wept, his brothers wept, in, they wept in each other's arms. And his brothers was repentant, right? We're repentant. So it's interesting. Like, I wish that there was a like a manual for that. Like, how to re-engage in community with people who have harmed you, especially family Ooh. members. Yeah. Ooh, ooh. So you just dove right in, didn't you? You just <laughs> dove right in. Oh, wow. No, you know, wow. You know, you know, I don't do small talk. You came out swinging. So honestly, as you were speaking. There was many different things that were happening inside of me, but the first thing I thought about was what you first mentioned, which is uh, there's a scripture that said it, Luke six thirty two, if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them, and if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that, and if you lend to those whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? And then it goes down to say, but love your enemies, do good to them and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great and you will be children of the most high. Anyways, that's what I thought about Fatima. And just this idea that, whoo, love, it's really easy to love like your friend. It's really easy to love those who've done good to you, but it's really difficult to to love those who have hurt you in the deepest way. Can you share a little bit about what that has looked like for you, like how you have been loving those who may have hurt you? Yeah, um, I think... It's knowing first that you yourself have done things that is worthy of 
you know, you have been a villain in someone else's story. Mm. So when you come in with that humility, it's much, <laughs> the the playing field is kind of leveled where it's just like, sis, you ain't, you ain't that popping either. So have a seat. Um, but also coming in with a state of empathy, empathy, right? Like I think we, you know, we did a live, I think it was last year or maybe 2020, something like that where we talked about mothering yourself, we talked about mother wounds and one of the tools that I told you, that I told you that we discussed that helped me to see my mother differently was seeing her apart from the moment we we first connected, which is her being my mother and instead seeing her as a whole a whole other person who had her own story, who had her own um trials and tribulations and obstacles and and hurts and disappointments, right? So empathy is definitely a powerful tool in um, in first getting on the journey of loving others who have hurt you um, and knowing that they're not God. So anyone is able to hurt you, anyone, even the most... Like my like my stepfather, aside from, you know, the greats Nelson Mandela and Martin Luther King, I find that my stepfather is, is one of the greatest men that I know. And if even he has hurt me, you know, um, in the choices choices that he's made, the, the choices that he did not make. Um and so knowing that if you are human, if you have blood seeping through your veins, that person has the credentials to hurt you at any given moment. And it's important to lean on God. And um, I, I, and I think that that is another thing. So there's empathy. There's also, I'm sorry, the first one was knowing that you yourself um, have, have been a villain in someone else's story. The second one was empathy. So the third one was understanding. I think when I think about all the, the friendship breakups and all the other um, connect, connections that were disconnected or shifted, it always brought me back to God being my number one friend and clinging on to Jesus more and making him my best friend, I think. And it wasn't from like a lack standpoint. It was like, Jesus, the thing that I want from people, you really are the only one that can offer it to me. Um, And it's beautiful when you have relationships friendships, romantic, that look like a glimpse of what Jesus offers in friendship, it's beautiful. Like I think that our friendship, Yvonne, offers a glimpse of that, Um, being able to find safety and intimacy and even romance in friendship is beautiful. Um, And so as I go through these experiences that don't always end so well, I lean closer to what a good type of love looks like in friendship 
and and that is through the the lens of Jesus being my number one friend um understanding that like that that relationship that Jesus and, and I have is perfect but when relation when new friends and new people come in your life that just look like a little glimpse of that treasure treasure that moment treasure treasure those experiences and and yeah and such mm. that's beautiful so you just laid out i think a really solid foundation for loving someone whether you like them or you don't like them or whether you whether they like you or whether they don't like you this idea of understanding how sometimes you may show up in ways that are detrimental to other people and allowing that to create like a humility so that when people do hurt you you you're able to extend them empathy because you know you've hurt other people as well. And then two, what I also heard you saying is just this idea of God being your friend, God being your friend, God being like your anchor and, and that allowing you to really engage with people from a place of abundance and not from a place of lack. Like I need you to be this person. I need you to show up for me this way. Um, and just to mention, like needs are healthy. Needs mm-hmm. are a part of relationships. Absolutely. But your core needs, the ones you need to absolutely survive, mm-hmm. um, those ones are being met by God. Yes. So in that, uh, you just mentioned friendship. What has friendship look like for you in this in this moment and and extending yourself in love but actually you know what i actually think we should tell people how we know each other how we met since we're talking about we have two we have interesting takes on this so (laughs) the year was 2013 the year was 2013 i had just moved to new york i just graduated college and I was full of joy and lots of energy. Lots. Lots. And I think I still am full of lots of joy and lots of energy. Hopefully those two things. You are. Yes. Matured. They've matured. They have matured. They have. I'll say that. Yes. Yes. So Fatima and I, we started working at Girls Inc. in New York City. And we met each other orientation. And it was like literally friendship at first sight. It was friendship. It's like, no, no, it wasn't friendship at first sight. Because Fatima is from Brooklyn. And Brooklyn people do not trust people instantly. (laughs) They give you the side eye. They will give you the side. And you have to like work through multiple different hoops and like challenges just to prove that you can be their friend. That's been my experience with Brooklyn people. And Fatima was no different. We didn't become friends until two months after I started working at Girl Think. That's how I remember the story. I'm kind of joking, but what I'm essentially saying was Fatima was side-eyeing me at first. And eventually 
we started working together and the rest is history. Is that how you remember the story, Fatima? <laughs> you know, you know, let's back let's backtrack. Let's backtrack because what I will agree with you, it was the year 2013. Um, and we were working at Girls Inc. at the time. And we actually started with one other individual and we all started the same day. And it turns out that we were all Christians serving in our respective churches. And it there was a genuine joy and excitement. Um, however, two out of three of us were introverts. And the last one was a stone cold extrovert. Can you guys guess which one that was? Ding, ding, ding. It was Ivan Isanu. And so... While we were excited for the moment, Yvonne's excitement did not dissipate. It did not like settle and balance itself out. <laughs> so every day when we started, you know, if, I think I would come in earlier and Yvonne would come in, you know, towards, you know, when we were, when we would start after school programming and she would come in, it just never failed with this burst of energy like no other, like the day had literally just started. And she would not, she would not relent. She was unrelenting in her pursuit of, of friendship towards me. And um, it actually was twofold. And you could disagree. We're going to have to agree to disagree on this one. But Yvonne was trying to recruit me to her church, y'all. And, even though I told this girl that I, I, I'm already part of her church. Not only am I part of her church, but I'm serving. And so she was unrelenting in her pursuit of getting me to attend a Bible study. And I did. And then it stopped. But her pursuit, this is what annoyed me when she used to ask. Mind you, we're coworkers. She used to stare me straight in the face and say, how's your heart? <laughs> like what sis let me get my lesson plan together to deal with these kids like what are you talking about how's your heart like like insane insane and so yeah I think one thing that has always held true with Yvonne and our friendship is her strong sense of vulnerability and intimacy and that alone inspires me to be more of that. Um, and it is beautiful. But that that is that is the story of our friendship. Please don't let her fool y'all. Like, no. No. But I'm, I'm, but, but I am glad you pursued me, Yvonne. I am. I'm glad you were responsive. I'm glad that we've okay. been able to be friends for almost eight. 12 years coming up on 12 years throughout our 20s and into our 30s and navigating this thing called life and trying to figure out womanhood and trying to figure out love. And I think friendship is, is truly like our friendship is a gift. Our friendship is a gift. And I think that friendship in this moment of time is a commodity. And it's a hot commodity. And, you know, people, there are a lot of people who don't have good friends. 
There are a lot of people who don't have good friends. There are a lot of people who don't know how to be a good friend. And there are a lot of people who, to your point, the thing about vulnerability, intimacy is like you can choose to respond to it or not. Mm-hmm. You can choose to press into it or you can choose to run. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, because of the different backgrounds and histories that they have, when they come across with like intimacy and vulnerability, vulnerable spaces, whether it be like conflict or whether it be like, hey, honesty, radical honesty, it's almost like it it scares them. It scares them and they end up walking away or letting the friendship die or whatever the case may be. But I just want to say that it takes a lot of courage to respond to vulnerability in friendship because there's nothing actually tying you down to to a friendship. Whereas like in a marriage or when you're with a man or when you're with your partner, it's like you may be sharing bills. You may have, you know, you've said yes before God, like you're in a covenant relationship. You have every reason to stay. In a friendship, you have no reason to really stay, especially once you guys hit a couple of speed bumps. Right. Right. I think that is very true. Um, And this is why they say to cultivate a friendship prior to a romantic relationship, because, you know, you can always really lean on that. That friendship component of a relationship needs to be there because, at the end of the day, I mean, let's be honest, sex is only but for a moment. Mm-hmm. You gotta mm-hmm. actually like that person, like the person's character, um, like who you are when you're with that person. Um, is this person inspiring you in some different way? Like, can you grow? Like, I, I think I can honestly say with my really good friends, my the ones whom I have an intimate connection with, they they all have something or possess a quality trait that inspires me and that I want to be more of. Mm. Um, there's gentleness, there's humility, there's vulnerability, there's intimacy, there is grace. Someone who is grace to give grace and offer grace to people. Um, someone who allows things to just roll off their back and. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just have the gift of grace and mercy. That Those things are beautiful characteristic traits. Beautiful. They're so beautiful. No, no. They're so beautiful. And can we give a real life example, Fatima? Can we give a, in our friendship? Because this just happened two weeks ago. This just happened two weeks ago. <laughs> I don't know. I think I was in a really stressful situation. I was having a stressful week. Okay. And... Typically when I'm in a stressful, I don't really take it out on people. I usually like, I usually know how to manage, self-regulate. I usually know how to like get it together. You know, I do my little routine. I work out, I pray, meditate, flex. What do I say flex? Yoga, all that stuff. Like I know how to self-regulate to the point where I try not to allow it to spill over. Well, this week... It spilled. It spilled. And Fatima, I think she called me to ask me a question. And I literally flipped out on her. Like the Yvonne type of flip out. I literally was ag- aggy, irritated, 
slow. My I had a I had a bad temper. I was really exhausted. I hadn't slept, and I just remember talking to you and just feeling like I was angry at you, but I wasn't really angry at you. I was frustrated at other stuff, and I took that out on you. And you were just like, okay. Okay. <laughs> and I end up, we got off the phone and I go to sleep. Because sometimes y'all, can I, this is a commercial. Sometimes the answer to your problems is a nap. Is, sleep, is a nap. Okay. Go to sleep. Go to sleep before you take that phone call. So I slept for like 10 hours and I woke up a renewed person. And then I remember the call we had. I was like, oh my gosh. I completely just wasn't respectful of you. Like I just felt like I I I just took out my anger on you. And then, you know, I ended up calling you and I ended up apologizing. I just remember you responded so graceful to me and that it was so loving. That was so loving. Hmm. Thank you. You're welcome, friend. Yeah, yeah. Can I ask you why? What? Oh, because okay. Number one, I think in our what we're pro- what we're in like twelve years of friendship. That <laughs> this is the first time this has ever <laughs> that ever happened. Like literally, guys. Like yeah. Um, but also aside from that, even though I was in my own sense, I was pissed. I was pissed at you. Um. But I understood that, like, oh, sis is, I'm looking at you, and I'm like, oh, sis is tired. Because she couldn't possibly think that she's right in the situation right now. She's tired. That's what's happening here. Okay, so I'm just going to look. I'm nodding. I'm listening to her. I'm not going to get defensive, because I'm literally getting defensive at her defense to being tired. I'm not getting, I wouldn't be getting mad at Yvonne. I'm getting mad at the symptoms of her being tired. And that would be foolish, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And I think even though I knew what the situation was and um. I could I could see what was happening and see that you didn't exactly pin you couldn't exactly pinpoint at that moment why exactly you were frustrated. But just because I was talking to you, I automatically became the person that you were frustrated, the person or the thing that you were frustrated at. Yep. So I took my L, girl. I took my L. <laughs> and yeah. Um, and you know, even before and I told you, like, you know, I was definitely gonna call you. Mm-hmm. So, all you check in um, and whatever, and yeah, I think that yeah, yeah, that was it. Yeah, I have two things to say, it, especially when it comes to friendship, like cult, like building friendships and like understanding a person. Sometimes we are so responsive to the behavior that we miss the need that the behavior is signaling. And I actually got this from like an 
an Instagram counselor, but I thought it was like really revolutionary. Like uh, you could have responded to like what, how I was responding. Like you could have gotten defensive, but I think in that moment you recognized that there was a need that I wasn't, I didn't know how to address and I was acting out on that need. Um, you were able to give me grace for that. And I think that's one of the most loving things you can do for another person, especially a person that you call friend or a person that you're in a relationship with is extending them grace. And one of the scriptures that I really love in the Bible talks about how love makes room or creates allowance for another person's mistakes. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is one of the hardest things to do, to make room for other people to not be perfect. What do you think about that? The That has been a new concept that I came into recently, having grace for that person in their own self-discovery journey and being able to walk alongside them. Um not to speak too much about it, but I recently was I recently was engaged in um I don't know, I don't know what to say interaction or whatever, but I recently um like there's someone that is a part of my life that recently allowed me to understand this new revelation of um, making allowance for someone in their self-discovery journey and helping them to grow in their potential. And that's an interesting concept, right? Because, you know, now in the age of dating and like women who are fed up, they're like, no, I ain't fixing no man. I ain't building no, I ain't, and but this, it looked different, right? Yes, we're not fixing any, like this person didn't try to fix me, uh, but this person did guide and and offer new perspectives, uh, a new way of thinking, while also still giving me the freedom to make my own decisions and 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 watch me grow, give me space and room to grow. And I think that's be- that was so beautiful um, in that, I don't know if I touched base on it earlier, but friendship is, is about intimacy, but it's also about safety and security in being able to just be. And, and <sighs> this person allowed me, what I really loved about our interaction was being able to be all different versions of Fatima with this individual and it be safe, right? It be accepted. There was no rebuke of my person. And that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's beautiful. And I, and I think about, you know, I see that in my other friendships. Um, we'll just, we'll just, yeah, we'll just leave that at that. Um, I see that in my other friendships. 
Um, and that I feel, yeah. Wait, do you need to call this person? <laughs> uh, I I do not need to call this person no because it is what it is as of right now. But it 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 that has been a positive of of us cultivating this friendship or this connection, what may have you. Um, and so I think about. I, and I guess it when when you are attracted to someone, it comes off differently. Be, and and also maybe for me that was a new that was my first time being open to the revelation of someone enjoying you and empowering you in your self discovery journey because I haven't had that much dating experience, mm-hmm. and I've had friendship experience, right? And I would say in my friendship with you, there's definitely, there's definitely grace for our individual self-discovery as evidenced from last, from two weeks ago. Um, when I think about my other friendships, intimate friendships, that ones that have seen me through all seasons, there's definitely grace mm-hmm. in my self-discovery and vice versa. And I love that. I love that. I don't know why that I I would, well, I do know why, right? I just said it, but, um, but I love that that connection made me reflect on my friendships that I have and maybe made me see that I had a good thing. We often talk about, you know, a man finding a wife is a good thing, but I have good things in my life. Friendships. Mm -hmm. My mm-hmm. friends are my good thing. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. you guys, you ladies are my good thing. Yeah, and you know what's so interesting about what you're saying is just this idea around, I think, the self, like, we self love, the self care movement, boundaries, cut them off if it's not good for you. Like, just the spirit of cut off, cancellation spirit is really heavy. Like, if one person does something bad to you, then that and it crosses your boundaries, then cut them off, right? Like, I think that's very much the messages that we get in in culture and society and social media. Like, if they make a mistake, cut them off. You know what I'm saying? Because you got to protect your space. You got to, right? And what happens is you can go too far. You can go extremely too far, and and almost kind of build your way out of loving people and engaging in difficult situations to the point where you have no friends because (laughs) (laughs) you have no friends because you're just like everybody is everybody else's fault. And I think the best relationships and friendships are the ones where you fight. And not fight, like not physical, but like you work through difficult things. Now, I do think there's a point where if I'm always taking my anger out on you and every conversation we have, it's like, I'm just like, I'm treating you like a punching bag. And like, it's just over and over again, right? If there's like a pattern or like a long-term theme happening in your relationship, then you might want to evaluate, okay, should we be as close? Should we back away? But even 
then. Sometimes people need you to endure with them and persevere with them. Isn't that what love is? It's endurance. How do you how do you strike the balance? How do you know when like you need to fight for a relationship or a situation or you need to like scale back because it's just not good for you. It's actually causing you harm. Yeah. These past three years have been a lot of shifting and moving around in my life. Like a lot of shifting. And I have disconnected, cut off. I like all of that. Like this is what my life has been like these past three years. You want to talk about it it has been the most gut-wrenching, heart-wrecking, heartbreaking years of my life to have to make an active decision to disconnect from people that I grew up with, was raised with, um, slept in the same bed, in the same room with, um, people that I've known for forever, my friends that I've known for forever, right? Um, And I think that when people talk about division and strife, they tend to put it on the enemy. They tend to put it on Satan. But God also comes to shut stuff down too. Okay? And I would have to say that most of my disconnections from the people that I once knew were God orchestrated. Period. Point blank. God orchestrated. And through that, again, it has propelled me into my relationship with Jesus as a friend. Um, but also, I realized how much of an importance I, I had placed on those individuals. Like, you know, just, I don't know, there were things, because growing up, I never made friends. I was in a popular group, uh, friends with, I was, I, was, I was in a friendship group with popular girls. They, and they were always the ones that would be bringing people in the group. And I would get so upset. Like, how many more? Like, how many more you're going to bring? And I would be so upset. And so I did not. And my mom was just like, fue no good. Fue no good. So I didn't know the concept of being a good friend. I didn't even know how to be a friend in general because I wasn't even allowed to hang out with the ones that I had. It was just like, friends are no good. So fast forward to, you know, you're growing in adulthood. You're in this, you're in group chats with these friends and y'all just maintaining in the friendship because simply based on the fact that y'all known each other since elementary school, but y'all not building, you're not growing, you're not learning the conversations you want to have. You can't even have it with them because they're not on the level. We're in two different wavelengths. And, you know, I had been in therapy since my first year at Temple University. And most of the people in the friendship, most if not all of them, had not even considered therapy or were were adverse to therapy. So naturally, our conversations are different. We have different ways of coping, right? And so... And this is why I say that the disconnection was divine because it made room for people who actually were on the same wavelength that I was. 
the same path of self-discovery. Um, these friendships were no longer friendships that I can no longer lean on or fall back on. And man, it was so rough. It was so rough and so heartbreaking. And some of, you know, I recently reconnected with my cousin. Um, and, you know, some of the things, some of those relationships, I feel that God is going to restore. Um, and this, my cousin has certainly grown. Like, I can't believe that we, we had a really great conversation. It was very restorative. Mm. Um, my reconnection with my mother was very restorative. Um, today she sent me, it was like, how, how, I don't know how, it was really early in the morning that she sent me a picture of her, um, the fruit of her garden. Um, you know, I think she's growing peppers and stuff like that. And she just feels so happy. Mm. Um, you know, so I think cutting off for a certain period of time or making that decision, that hard decision to cut people off is good for you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And some people may need to cut off more people than 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 you know than you or someone else. Because, like I said from the very beginning, when we talk about trims, right? For some people, they only need trims twice a year. Mm-hmm. But I what works for my hair is trimming every six, you know, six to eight weeks. Some and so- people get trim happy. They trim too much because. That is true. Right. There we go. They trim off the vital vine because they're actually afraid. That is true. That is true. And I would say that is a person, usually when you hear about someone who's scissor happy, they haven't fully done their work. Bingo. They're, they're They're cutting people off because they're uncomfortable. They're, they're confronted with a reality that they have, haven't had a chance to address. And that is the quickest way to get them back to their box of comfort. Comfort. Exactly. Exactly. And wow, you said so many different things. Like I just got so much imagery in my mind, like to connect it. Yes. Trims are good. Trims are good. Divine disconnection, sometimes cutting people off, is the most sacred and necessary thing you can do mm-hmm. because they are, uh, you being connected to them is not helping you to grow. So, in order for you to grow, you must cut some people off mm-hmm. to create room mm-hmm. for new growth. Hey. hey, you like how I did that? You like how I just took room for like the relationships, whether they be the romantic relationships or the platonic relationship, friendships, family, like you have to create space. You have to create the environment and put yourself in the environment to grow. Mm-hmm. But not everybody can be in your garden, right? That's what we're saying. At the same time, some seeds require more and some seeds like this idea that relationships, there's no way to escape it. And I think that there's a lot of people who like to live in la la and fantasy world. 
Relationships take work. And sometimes that work is uncomfortable. And understanding when to stay, to do the necessary work, because your garden isn't just going to grow just because you trim it. It's going to grow because you water it. It's going to grow because you turn it towards the sun, right? And you tend to it. And a lot of people, I think even in friendship, are not willing to do the work that it actually takes. I think investing in friendships is actually a really strong setup for a healthy love. I think so. If you can be a good friend, mm-hmm. there's a high chance you will be a good partner, yeah. a good spouse. Yeah. There's nothing more truer than that. Back then, it, and, and I realize that even more now because of the good friendship experiences that I've had, that I've had that I want to be best friends with that individual. I want to be really, really good friends, like being able, because, you know, come on, like we said, cuddle time lasts, but only before a while. No, cuddle time can last for like three. (laughs) (laughs) Let's just say six Let's say sex, because I could cuddle 24-7, baby. 24-7, okay? Rub my back. Rub my back. Let me rub your head. Let me rub your chin. Let me give you a massage. Let me... (laughs) Let me get it to you. You know, and this is get it to you, baby. Okay, no, stop. Stop and see. But you know, this would be interesting. I would love to have sidebar commercial. I would really love to have a conversation around sensuality. And like we there's there's so much conversation about, you know, how to make sure a man is not playing you. But what about when you find a really good one? How do you treat him? Like, how do you? Because, like, for me, I am, I think for me, well, not I think, I am definitely more the submissive type in the relationship. Like, and I have no, ain't no debate about it. I am not. That's what I really should have got you on here talking about. (laughs) I am the submissive. Yeah, I am the submissive type, like. Mm-mm, baby, so we're, I'm rubbing your head. I'm giving you my. How did how did I arrive here? But anyway, <laughs> I think with safety, I think there's a when you for me, I need safety. I need to feel like safe around you, and then the submission follows. Yeah, that is true. But if you if I already like, there are men that I can actually already tell like. Oh, this man is a joke in real life. Yeah, you're not getting my time. Like, yeah, you could get a follow on Instagram. Not even a follow on Instagram because I'm cheap with my follows on Instagram. Because I'm, if I'm not interested in you, I do not want to see your content. What Beyonce <laughs> say? I'm stingy with my love. Oh, baby. What? <laughs> what the heck are you talking about? Um, but yeah, but you know, so I guess. Yeah, I guess from, yeah, and we are different in that, Yvonne, that like you can strike a conversation 
and can engage in a conversation with just about anybody because you are just like that friendly person. You're not natural. You don't normally show up as a cocoon like I do. Um, And so for me, there would have to be many hoops and hurdles that individual had to go through before I'm softened. And then once I'm get once I get there, I'm I'm yours, you know. But in any case, um, dang, what was the question? <laughs> I was talking about friendship being a good foundation for love. <laughs> we should have look. I should have got you on here talking about sensuality. No, but even in friendship, right? Huh? Friendship, right, Yvonne? Because remember, like, you know, when you came over to my house. And the first time, and I had my, my, you know, it was, I was dedicated to making sure that this was a quality experience for you because you've, like, you give, I feel like you're a person who, who is generous in our friendship, not only, yeah, you're generous in our friendship. And so I really wanted to, like, please you in that way and making sure that, like, not only you had your air mattress, but you had your washcloth, you had your towels, you knew where everything was, you had tea and na na na. And that's, you know, and this is why I say like, you know, it's so it's good to offer TLC in friendships. Don't don't wait to offer TLC whenever only in romantic relationships. Yes. Don't, don't get to don't wait to experience the fullness of life. The fullness of life uh, um, also means loving people, right? You can't really experience the fullness and abundance of life without loving someone. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so not only using friendship to not feel lonely. And then when that person comes along, you drop that. No, that's ridiculous. And, and I would have to say that I am so happy. And we talked about this before that, I have cultivated some serious friendships where I don't foresee myself getting married and dropping my friends off regardless of their marital status. Like, yeah, I just, we have cultivated such healthy friendships that I just don't see that happening. Yeah. Yeah. I I think what I'm hearing you say, Fatima, is that love must be practiced. Love must be practiced. Like, don't wait to love. Love now. Love your friends. Love the people that are hard to love with boundaries. With boundaries. Okay. And, and also love yourself. Sometimes you need to, you need that divine disconnection and you need to cut people off. But in general, don't wait to love. Love now. Who you show up. Your love profile right now is going to be your love profile later. That's good. It's not going to change once you get married or once you get into another season. Who you are is who you're going to be. That's good. Yeah, that's good. Um, And I, I would say that it was really through loving myself that was able to be a better friend. And I'm so thankful for the scripture that says, love your neighbor as yourself. And when I started my self-care journey, 
my self-love journey. I remember when I was at Girls Inc. prior to my self-love journey, and I guess that's maybe another topic for another day. I had I used to wear the same clothes over and over. Never went shopping. Never cared for my hair. I did like I literally woke up with my the same hairdo from the night before. Did not was not intentional about my health and wellness. Did not make decisions that that um that reflected that I loved myself. But when that changed, I really credit making the decision to have weight loss surgery. That really propelled me into my self-care journey. And I think that through loving myself and being a good friend to myself first, that's when all, like I became, I think I became more generous in my friendship as a result of loving myself first. Yeah. Cause you're not, you're not giving from an empty well. Yeah. 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 When I made the decision to pursue therapy, even, even maybe like, you know, sometimes I would go to therapy for three to six months at a time, but, you know, being consistent with checking back in and, and being intentional about finding a good therapist and being honest in therapy because people couldn't go to therapy for the hoopla, but not being honest with their therapist and really engaging in the hard conversations with my with myself, that is when I, I became a better friend. Um, and that's why my non-negotiable, we were talking about values before and how, um, I and I think that when you really do a self-assessment of what your, your non-negotiable values are, it's mm-hmm. easier to assess the type of people that should stay in your life and the type of people that you need to dismiss from your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so my non-negotiable in friendship and in relationships is definitely that part, that individual needs to be on their own path to self-discovery, um, including therapy. Definitely. Mm. Definitely. I think that that is a great way to end. Before you can be a friend to somebody else, you got to be a friend to yourself. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Fatima, this has been so refreshing and enlightening. Before you go, I want to do some like rapid fire questions. All right. So it need to be quick. Your response is need to be quick. Ooh, okay, okay, wait, okay. <laughs> All right. I'm ready. How would you define love? Love is intimacy, security, fun, romance, adventure. What is your love language? Quality time and physical touch. What is the last loving thing you did for someone else? The last loving thing I did for something else, for someone else, um, was tell the truth. (laughs) Tell the truth. My friends, if there's one thing they know about me, I am not a yes man. I'm a truth teller. I will not have you out here. 
I will yeah. not have you out here. You can count on me. <laughs> count on me to think. Okay. <laughs> what was the last loving thing someone did for you? Uh, that okay. encouraged me to keep me focused and stay on track. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, I think truth and honesty, those are things that are big in friendship. Because if someone don't care about you, they'll leave you to your own devices. They'll leave you to your own insecurities. But get you somebody, get somebody around you that will build you up. That don't got nothing to do with them and their success. Some that literally just wants to build you up for you, for your good. And that to me was beautiful. Yeah. The resource that has influenced how you love the most or is currently influencing you? Um, I think education, knowledge is important. Um, so I will say three things. Number one is therapy. I love my therapist. My therapist is amazing. Um, I would say deliverance. Um, for those who identify as Christian believers, it is, it is, (laughs) if I were to put it, it's a spiritual counseling session. (laughs) that really and that's holistic and and you know brings about whether it be intentional well sorry I'm not saying the right thing but yeah so I would say my therapist my deliverance counselors and also this recent quiz Yvonne knows me to be someone who loves quizzes assessed men's personality tests and this most recent one I took is called how how you love or how we love and um it really showed me um some of the behaviors that I have that were hindering the way that I can love people better now and so um that is a resource that I've been sharing with people and it's been so beneficial to them, but it's, it's definitely been beneficial to me in learning more about my love attachment style. So yeah, that wasn't exactly rapid fire, but here we are. (laughs) No, it wasn't. Okay. Fatima, we appreciate you so much stopping by the new growth podcast. How can the community support you? Sure. So I have some new exciting things that are coming up. I don't want to reveal just yet, but if you head over to my Instagram, um, which is I am Fatima, F-A-T-I-M-A, Doso, D-O-S-S-O, um, that is where you'll find the latest about me and follow me. I'm pretty sure um, I can provide some type of value to you in sharing my world, my lifestyle, my resources, and upcoming creative projects. So that's where you can stay connected. Wonderful. Well, guys, that is all for today. I'm so glad you went on this journey with us. I hope there was something that you can take with you and put in your pocket and apply to your life. As always, I hope you are producing new growth in your world. Until next time, love you guys.